0: Thanks for listening to the capital city soccer show, your independent source for everything Austin FC on today's show. We're going to interview our good friend and soccer writer, Phil West about the MLS playoffs, which start this week. Uh, we will also talk about the expansion draft, uh, as well as some other Austin FC news. So my name is Landon Cottam. I'm joined as always by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey everybody. I'm
1: Jeremiah Bentley. Uh, Landon, what you drinking tonight?
0: I have, uh, Oddwood ales. I can't remember the name of it, but it's an IPA from them. And, um, kind of the, the inspiration was the Austin Chronicle released their top 20 Austin breweries of the year. And I wanted to make sure I like went through most of them I know and, and I'm pretty familiar with, but there's some that are on kind of the other side of town for me that, um, I wanted to make sure and like, give, give a shot and like, learn more about them. And so I drove up to odd the other day and got some beers, but I'm drinking it out of uh, a glass that has um, I'm showing Jeremiah on our zoom call, but this nice bear logo that's like the, the major domestic beer brand in Finland. But I have this because I, I uh, procure drinking vessels from every country that I visit or try to at least. And so this is one of my, uh, one of my Finland ones. And it's got
1: something written in Finnish on it um, that yeah, you I do not understand?
0: This, <laughs> I don't know what this one says, no. <laughs> I do have another drinking vessel from Finland that has more writing that I don't understand. But this one is a coffee mug. Uh, and I got it in a in a thrift store in Helsinki. And I went into it. It was like I was by myself and looking around at stuff. And I saw this this coffee mug that just like really intrigued me. And it had this, the, like a painting, it's like a hand painted coffee mug. It's really nice. But the painting is of this like drunken sailor looking guy, like leaned over a pint on a bar top and there's some words written on it. And so I was in this little thrift stop, this little thrift shop and asked a woman in there, I was like, Hey, do you speak English? Can you tell me what this says? She's like, Oh, it's, it's in like a weird, like kind of country dialect from, from a different part of, of Finland. And it's this drunken sailor is saying water is only good, but under a boat. And that's like one of my favorite I've I've traveled a lot. And this is one of my favorite souvenirs from any place I've ever been is this coffee mug that I have.
1: That's a great expression that, that sailor (laughs) that old sailor has a good uh, attitude on life. (laughs) So, so I haven't traveled as much, but I I was telling you before um, we used to go to Trudy's uh, Mexican restaurant over by the UT campus almost every Saturday night when we were in school and uh, we eventually made it off with a, like a complete set of margarita glasses and a shaker that we still, <laughs> you know, 20 years later to this day, we still use like a couple of times a month um, to, to make margaritas and take us back to that place. So it's, it's, it's good to have glassware in any, any form.
0: Yeah. That's, that's like, it's um little, little souvenirs like that are beautiful. So I, I, I don't always procure. And as, as you, you have, I don't always procure these, these uh vessels in legal in legal ways but i think the yeah the the memories are are worth the the risk i guess (laughs) all right let's jump into uh some austin fc news so we found out earlier i guess last week that um the the rules of the expansion draft so we assumed that there would be an expansion draft because there always has been but Uh, We weren't sure exactly what the rules were going to be or what it was going to look like, and they released that stuff um, last week. So expansion draft is going to be on the 15th, December 15th, sorry, uh, which is just a few days after the MLS Cup final, which is on December 12th, right? And so, yeah, essentially we'll get to choose five players from other MLS teams. Any of the teams who had players chosen last year from uh, by Miami and Nashville, they are all exempt from this draft. So there's 10 teams that we can't choose from the other 16 we can choose from. And so they, uh, the catches, they are able to protect 12 players from their roster. Um, and of those 12 protected players, we can't choose any of them. So it's, it's um we're not gonna have just like carte blanche and choose any player we want but there will be a lot of a lot of players available so before we go on to this is there any other details that are important that i'm missing here jeremiah
1: yeah i thought the timing was pretty interesting um the fact that the list of players is available at i think noon on monday the 14th and then austin is selecting the next day i think it's not a long you know it's not a long turnaround but you know, hopefully they're I mean, I'm sure they have a pretty good idea of who what potential players they might get. So they'll, they're going to be planning for that and not necessarily wait. And then it's going to be over pretty quickly. They have three minutes for each selection. So I guess they'll go in, um, you know, on the on the 15th and 15 minutes later, we'll have five players. Is that how it works?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I, I know last I watched the draft last year and I think I was I'm just not remembering this. Is that true? Yeah. Last year, I was in New York City, uh, sitting in a cafe with the Cooligans, watching the draft, the the expansion draft on Christian Polanco's phone. We were eating like (laughs) a Cuban restaurant. (laughs) So, how did you meet those guys? Cool uh, I, I went to New York a lot for work at my, my last job and I would just, I just sent Christian a message one time and, uh, we, we bought tickets to my NY, NYCFC game. And I asked where people like where supporters go to drink before games. And, um, I was, I was honestly just looking for a recommendation and he was like, yeah, go to this place and I'll, I'll meet you there before the game. And they're just like the nicest guys. And so Christian came and met me. And then when we got into the stadium, uh, I went up and met up with them again at halftime and talked. And then I was going to New York like four or five times a year at that point in time. And so, um, every time I go back, I'm like, Hey, I'm back in town. If, if y'all like, if y'all are doing something, then I'll, I'll come hang out. So I went and saw Christian do stand up one time and then met them for lunch a couple of times. And, and then one time they're like, Hey, we're recording today. You should come into the into the studio and watch us record. And then they ended up pulling me like in the middle of recording, they did the whole first segment and then pulled me up. And I was a guest on their show to talk about Austin FC and like supporter culture and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was just like, I was just in New York a lot and they were nice enough to, to let me hang out with them sometimes.
1: (laughs) That's really good. Seem like really good guys. And they're so, um, they're they're great on Twitter and I mean, I, I love their show and yeah, it's really cool. I remember, I remember that interview. Um, I just hadn't thought about that in a long time until, until that that came up, okay. So yeah, that was, I f-
0: forgot all about yeah. That's that anyway. <laughs> that was the last expansion t- draft tangent. Now, now, that's this where one. I was when I watched the last expansion draft. But um I think the question that we should ask ourselves and and pose to listeners is like, what what can we expect from this draft? Like, what are we going to get out of it?
1: And no, probably no stars. Right. I mean, I think our best hope is a couple of pretty good players, maybe maybe starters, maybe two starters and somebody that gets, you know, a fair amount of minutes and then a couple of pieces of bench fodder. Does that seem reasonable as far as what we might be able to get? I would say starters
0: is even optimistic. Like I would say if we can get like some role players and some like squad depth, just like just in case type of guys, then that's good. And if we get like a solid starter or two solid starters out of it, then we did really, really well. But Um, you also have to remember that we don't have to keep these players. Like Claudio mentioned in an interview with Chris bills last week that he's already been in talks with other teams about certain players being available for trades. And so if we just see a player that maybe isn't right for what Claudio and Josh want to do with Austin FC, but it's just a player that has value in the league, then we can take them and trade them for another player or for, uh, for allocation money. So, um, yeah, not, I will know all of that pretty, pretty quick. I don't think we'll sit on a player for very long. We'll probably trade them immediately, but, um, probably by, yeah, the next, the next day or like later that day, we'll, we'll have five new players on, on the Austin FC roster. Yeah. It'll be good to see that roster go from two to seven, growing, expo- growing
1: exponentially. And yeah. eventually <laughs> we'll get, to, we'll get to a full roster. And the, the trade thing, I think we were just going through last year's, um, selections and there's a couple of those guys that were successful from last year were successful for other teams right like i don't lee Nguyen is one that seems to time but you know not with the team um that picked him and weren't there, weren't there a couple
0: others too yeah so lee Wynn actually did play he was picked by miami and he did play for them for a while and then moved to new england but um zarek valentine is one that he was chosen by nashville but then immediately traded to houston and he hasn't like he hasn't been like a every game starter, but he's played a lot of minutes for Houston this year. So, uh, and then there's, there's a lot of other names, Ben sweat, Abu Ladi, um, Brandon Vasquez. I don't know how much he played this year, but, um, but there's all the names on here have gotten minutes this year. Maybe not all of them, but most of the, most of the names taken in the draft last year have gotten minutes in MLS. So, um, yeah, like, like Jeremiah was saying, I don't think we can expect to get a superstar, but it we're going to we it's possible to get some good pieces and i think we've mentioned this on the show before but LAFC got um Tyler Miller and Latif Blessing in their expansion draft so Tyler Miller like not the best keeper in the league but he was the keeper on the best team in the league at one point and Latif Blessing has been a huge part of LAFC's success over the last few years so uh, I would say like that's like best case scenario, but um, if we get somebody like as good as Latif Blessing or as instrumental as Latif Blessing, that's amazing. But I think if if we can just get a few role players, some some good squad depth out of it, then then that's solid.
1: Yeah, that that'll be a good start to it. So you also brought up the fact that uh, allocation order, um, is yeah. about to change too, and that's gonna possibly affect the roster construction.
0: Yeah, potentially. So allocation order, um, is. It's kind of a weird concept, and it's a thing that only exists in, in the beautiful league we call Major League Soccer. Uh, but allocation order, for those of you who don't know, is essentially it determines the the order in which teams have priority to sign prominent players that are coming back. So it's it applies to United States national team players, uh, elite youth national team players, or former MLS players who have left the league and are coming back for a fee of greater than $500,000. And so the way that the allocation order works is it's, it's kind of like, um, like other drafts in other American leagues, like the worst team is at the top of the list, except in the case of expansion teams where we uh, it'll be the, the reverse order of the like league table essentially but then the expansion team gets the first pick. So I was looking at this and just kind of going through the list of names that would be available on this allocation list. And one of them that kind of caught my eye is uh Tim Ream who is currently playing at Fulham, right? Yeah, Fulham in the Premier League. And so Tim Ream is he's 33 years old. His contract is up in June of 2021, so uh if we were to go after him we wouldn't get him until the summer most likely but there would be no he'd be a free agent so no transfer fee um he's like i said he's 33 i think the premier league right now like at this age is maybe a level a little bit too high for him um but he would be i think he'd be a really good defender in mls and he's also uh he's he's decent on the ball he's like not like amazing on the ball like not an amazing passer but i think for mls standards he would be really good and would be um a good fit for what Josh and Claudio want to implement on the field. Another player that is on this list who we've talked about on this show before. And I think that we kind of like, after talking through it, we kind of gave up on him and that's Deandre Yedlin. So one of the reasons we said that we probably won't get Deandre Yedlin was because of this allocation order and FC Cincinnati has the first spot, but I think we kind of overlook the fact that whenever this season is over, like the top spot in the allocation order is use it or lose it. Like if FC Cincinnati doesn't use it by December 12th, actually they can't use it now. Cause there's no, uh, maybe they could use it in that like half day transfer window, but either way, if, um, if Deandre Yedlin w- wants to come back to MLS when his contract is up next summer. So June of 2021, we would be able to get DeAndre Edlin with no transfer fee, which would make it much more likely that we could get him as a TAM player as opposed to a designated player. And so um, maybe his, his money demands would still make him a designated player. But if if Inter-Miami got Blaise Matweedy on a TAM deal and not as a DP, then it's definitely possible with DeAndre Edlin. So I think that allocation list is another thing to to maybe keep an eye on. Um, if not at the beginning of the season, maybe next summer. Cause that might be when, when some of these, these realistic names would, would come available. Well, let's talk about the Jersey, which I think is the thing that m- people are very
1: excited about. Uh, and it is going to go on sale on November 18th. It's, I believe referred to as the uniform of Austin. Every one of the ads, have you watched
0: them and how excited are you about it? Uh, I, I am very excited about this. And so I think this episode is going to come out on the 17th and so if you're listening to this on the day it comes out then the jersey will be available tomorrow which is it's absolutely very cool and so i think it's going to be awesome to see yeah to just like the game jersey being worn around town it's going to be a really cool just a cool thing to see and like just one step closer to it being real
1: yeah and i guess there's two things we know we know about it at this point one is from talking to adam butler um we know there's it's going to be Verde. what was it adidas went a long way to make sure that Verde happened and then yeah. we got like wink wink and then uh i didn't notice this the first time through but there were a lot of stripes in all the uh in all the background in, in the ads i'm um, including like the one where he was searing the fish like with the, i thought it was they did they did some real cool visual effects with those to pull that that forward so look for Verde and look for stripes those are the two things i can say for sure
0: yeah and i like Full disclosure, Jeremiah, you and I have had conversations with other people that I think we have a decent idea of what it's going to look like. Also, More full disclosure, neither of us have actually seen the jersey. So I think I know enough about it to like know kind of what it's going to look like, but it's still general enough information that I have no idea exactly what it's going to look like or like if it's going to be really, really good or... If it's gonna be boring or like I don't know, it. So even though like we know some details about it, I'm still extremely excited to see it. It's <laughs> gonna be like I don't think it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm like like squirming in my seat to to see that video drop on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and another thing, I think if we're if we're in the realm of things that we kind of know and kind of don't, um, I think there's gonna be a really cool uh, release plan that the club's gonna come out with too. It's not just gonna be a, a standard.
0: Yeah, they're they're not you know, going to post a J- drop on the store like the yeah. JPEG on Twitter. Like it's it's going to be a, a a larger campaign than that. So that that should be fun to watch as well. And another thing
1: we we heard we had speculated I think for quite a while about um, the season possibly starting late, but that uh, that tone, you know, even to I think last time we talked about it, we had quotes from Don Garber where it looked like the season might not start on time in 2021. But um, there was a recent article. Was it in the Athletic?
0: Yeah, Paul Tenorio and the Athletic.
1: Yeah, Tenorio and the Athletic about the plan that they 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 intend to start on time um in March 2021, due in large part to the international calendar. And I didn't I haven't read the whole article. Did you read the whole article and what what else in there was interesting?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's mostly it. I th- they they point to the international calendar just because all of the tournaments that were supposed to happen this summer that didn't are all happening next summer. So you have this summer's tournaments plus the tournaments that were scheduled for next summer. And all these qualifying games and, and things that haven't been happening, there's just gonna be so many international fixtures that I mean MLS's schedule already interferes with international windows a lot. Like coming up in the playoffs, we're gonna have some players missing because of international uh international breaks. So um yeah, I, I think that's it seems like that's the major factor in it, which means I mean, barring uh a a covid vaccine being available much earlier than expected then we're probably not going to be allowed in in the stadium wherever austin fc plays their first games if if the stadium in austin is ready and they play games there we probably will not be allowed at least in a full stadium to those first games there uh maybe they'll they'll uh do the original plan and stay on the road for a while until the stadium's ready and then we could potentially be in for that first game. But, um, I think it's, it would be a good idea to temper our expectations and maybe not, not fully expect to be, to have a full stadium for, for Austin FC's first home game. If everything stays the same. Yes. I think if everybody could
1: maybe slow down construction a little bit, if if, if there's anybody (laughs) on the construction crews that happen to listen to this show, just take your, take a long lunch you know, just don't, don't, don't worry too much about it. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be fine. We'll get it built, but that, I mean, that would be, yeah, that, that would be kind of disappointing, but it's, I mean, it's the reality of the world. There's, there's no way around it. Um, so hopefully we'll, I don't know, we'll get a vaccine earlier than we thought, or we'll, we'll open on the road one or the other. Um, it, so in other 2021 news, uh, Andy, lock name was on Glenn Davis, uh, last week on Soccer Matters on November 9th. Um, one of the things that he talked about was how he loved seeing posts on social media from fans drinking beer in the parking lot on weekends, or random weeknights after work. And I feel like it's two of those fans who did that.
0: <laughs> it was really encouraging. Just say we don't know anybody who's done <laughs> yeah, that, do yeah. we? Yeah.
1: Andy says, we, "If if my wife is listening, which she never does," Andy says, "We need to drink more on Tuesday nights at the stadium parking lot." <laughs> uh, but he he also he set up the uh, the media tours. They had their first media tour of the stadium since January, I think on November 10th. Um, but there was just something that usually would have done a lot of during the course of the season leading up to it to generate excitement, but just because of the world between the construction schedule and COVID, they weren't able to do that. And so I watched, I don't know, four or five different clips. I imagine you probably watched a couple, like, do you have any highlights out of that? Um, out of those articles you read that you want to
0: mention? Um, I think, I mean, like, a lot of the, like, cable news networks aren't covering all of this to the degree that, uh, like, say, Chris Bills and we are. So, like, we're down in the dirt and all of this stuff. And uh, a lot of these, like, these network news outlets are just kind of like, here's a cool stadium. They have grass now. And, like, it's just, like, what their, like, their audience, like, doesn't know as much about a lot of this stuff is like the hardcore soccer fan. So I don't feel like we learned a ton of new stuff. One thing that I think we did get out of it is a lot of cool new photos and footage of inside the stadium that we didn't have before because they're letting these uh, TV stations and newspapers into the stadium with their cameras. And so I think that's my favorite thing that's come out of it is just all the footage and photos that we got out of all these, uh, yeah, these media outlets being inside the stadium.
1: Yeah, and it's the same last week, also. They, they did a like a six minute uh, stadium tour video on that they put on Twitter. Yeah, with, that um, was
0: also very cool.
1: Yeah, with Andy and uh, John and our friend Jonathan Emmett, who we've interviewed yeah. before. And that was a really good just walkthrough of the whole stadium that really encapsulated basically everything that any, that if you read any of those articles, it would cover anything they talked about. But it was really, it was a neat behind the scenes view, and you got to see the steepness of the supporter section, and they talked about how it was constructed to maximize fan sound. And they went down into the locker rooms and they show where the players are going to come out through the West club and all that. So I would highly encourage folks to, if you haven't watched that video to watch that, it's, it will get you excited about 2021 for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one thing, another thing out of all this that got me, like got me feeling a little bit tingly was, uh, a photo of it's, it's taken from the West side of the stadium, like inside, like the West side stands facing the East side which is where my tickets are. And so I can see like the whole grass field. And then most of the east side upper deck has the seats installed now. And so I could actually like zoom in and like pick out my seats on like on this photo. And there's actually like some construction workers up in the stands there as well. So like I've, I've not gotten like scale, like it's hard to tell like how big things are. And like, to be able to see like two, two full grown men standing in the stands up there. It just like, got me really excited of like, Oh man, I'm going to be like, not only me, but almost everyone in that stadium is going to be very close to the action and is going to have a really good view, like pretty much regardless of where you are in that stadium, you're going to be able to see a lot and it's, it's, you're going to be right on top of it all. So that's, that's another thing out of, out of this media week that uh, got me pretty excited. All right. I think now's a good time to move on to the interview with Phil West. So, um, we're essentially just going to kind of give a little playoff preview and, uh, yeah, I, I think this, this was kind of a fun, a fun interview to do because I know for me and probably for a lot of Austin FC fans, um, not all of us have paid attention to MLS for all that long. I know I've been paying attention for maybe the last three years pretty closely. Uh, a lot of people are kind of just now starting to pay attention so this is going to be the first playoffs that really mean something to a lot of Austin FC fans and so i thought this this was a fun uh, a fun way to kind of learn a little bit more about the league and and just um to learn more about the these playoffs which i think are going to be really good there's there's going to be a lot of really good matchups and a lot of good potential matchups so uh, I hope you guys enjoy this um this interview with Phil and then after that enjoy the MLS playoffs. So we'll have that right after this break. Our guest today is a contributor for Austin FC and mlssoccer.com. It's writer Phil West. Phil, thanks so much for joining us today, man.
2: Hey friends, thanks so much. Glad to be back.
0: Yeah, we o- we always have fun when Phil's on the show, so we wanted to uh, to have him on to, to kind of preview the MLS playoffs because I think this is going to be a lot of Austin FC fans, maybe not their first MLS playoffs, but maybe one of the first ones that they feel really invested in. And so uh, we usually try to kind of stick to doing Austin FC focused material, but I thought this would be kind of a good... Uh, uh, good context for, for going into next season. So, uh, we wanted to bring Phil on as he is somewhat of an MLS expert and we want to get him to share his knowledge with us. (laughs) Somewhat. Yeah. Um, 18 (laughs) teams. It's going to be weird.
1: (laughs) That for sure.
0: Hey, (laughs) Phil, before we get into it,
1: I have one very important question. And that is, as the first two time guest on the capital city soccer show, what response oh, nice. what is that what does that mean to you? Do you think you can, <laughs> can you live up to that responsibility? And I, you, you know, can you set the pace for future guests?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a deep responsibility that I that I carry and I, I hope to make other future two time guests proud.
0: All right. Let's you can you get to sign
1: the wall on your way out. <laughs> oh,
2: fantastic. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, your own wall. Your daughter has probably signed it exactly. several times. Yeah. <laughs> Well let's let's get into it. I'm gonna ask probably I'm gonna do most of the question asking since as everybody knows I am the least knowledgeable actual soccer person um among the three of us. So uh Phil, question one, is this all an exercise to get Toronto versus Seattle in the finals again?
2: Exactly. Yeah, we we had a we had a chat going a little bit earlier earlier today. We said, Yeah, we're gonna do like a big 20-minute deep dive into the almost playoffs and we're just gonna basically conclude at the end that it's going to be seattle and toronto i mean that's very possible i mean seattle and toronto are i mean they've been in in mls cup multiple times for a reason they're really well built teams they're really deep uh but i just i just think it's been such a weird year that to have it land on that would be um it'd be kind of cruel and unfair but then again 2020 so maybe maybe that's that's where it ends up but i, is, I have i have kind of other ideas and i'm, I'm sure we'll get into that so no is that know. like
0: the um the MLS version of you play ninety minutes and then the Germans win.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you play,
0: <laughs> you play a whole season and at the end. It's Toronto and Seattle,
2: right? Exactly. Thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks for going through COVID and eight months of weirdness. And <laughs> here's this. Here's this finals we've had before. So you might be familiar.
1: Yeah, you talked about the, the yeah the weirdness and you know I think the start the stop and the restart is probably a big factor mm-hmm. in it. Um, and you don't necessarily see that with the seating, right? Because so much of the season was played before, and then you have the points during the cup. So, um, who who do you think has stood out since the restart, and who are you looking to uh, to put an eye on?
2: I mean, I think Nashville has really kind of done done well. And I mean, again, yeah, they've just been like a surprising team, and just kind of by virtue of what I got assigned with when I was doing MLS uh, matches, I I watched a lot of Nashville. They're a really disciplined team. They've got a really strong spine. They've got Injo Willis, who used to be with the Dynamo. Compton goalkeeper, Walker Zimmerman, probably one of the best defenders in MLS and they uh line up in a lot of like weird defensive formations. They'll do a lot of like 5-3-2 or they actually like rolled out the Christmas tree on a couple of occasions like a 4-3-2-1. And like on occasion they just have these like weird goal explosion games and and get three goals, but most of the time it's just like one nothing. It's like they just they they hunker down and they bunker and they park the bus and then they get some kind of counter, some kind of set piece, and they win games that way. And it's just they they grind it out, and it's kind of boring and it's kind of awful, but it's like really effective. And all of a sudden, they're like a seven seed in the East, and and they could you know they could really stymie some teams.
1: Yeah, and this is where Landon and I, I think have a little bit of a disagreement. Like he would Landon would be more than happy for Austin FC to play that kind of style and grind those uh. things out. <laughs> I think, and I am like, not. I'm, I mean, I'll lose five four and just like enjoy. <laughs> the heck out of it.
0: I don't think I want it to be on the Nashville end of the spectrum, but I would be okay with um, just like a tactically sound team that doesn't necessarily score all the time, but I want to score more than Nashville does.
2: (laughs) That's not hard. Yeah. But, but also, I mean, they've been really good. I mean, they've given up less than a goal a game. I mean, they've, they've got, they've got a formula. I mean, it, it works. I mean, it's, it's a way to win an MLS. And if you have enough, Compton defenders. And I mean, especially, you know, with Walker Zimmerman, I mean, obviously, you know, Jeremiah's an LAFC fan, you know, that when Walker Zimmerman was anchoring LAFC's defense, it was a really good defense. And when he left, uh, not so much.
1: Yeah, they've, they have fallen apart. Um, I think I'll say on the next question here, I will let each of you answer one here. So who's your biggest surprise? Well, biggest surprise to not make the playoffs. I feel like it's a really easy one because everybody made the playoffs. So let's maybe ask y'all, Who's your biggest surprise to make the playoffs?
2: For me, um, I looked up and all of a sudden the Colorado Rapids are a five seed in the West. Like, I did not see that coming at the start of the season. I did not see that coming most of the way through the season. But uh, they have somehow found their way in the mix in a very weird Western Conference to have just apparently missed out on hosting a first round game.
0: Yeah, I I've enjoyed watching Colorado these last few weeks. Um I think uh San Jose, if you'd have asked me 3 or 4 weeks ago if San Jose was going to make the playoffs, I would be been like no <laughs> chance. They're getting dead last. They're absolutely getting dead last. But yeah, they've done uh done what San Jose done what San Jose does and have won a few when nobody expected them to. They are
2: the most delightfully enigmatic team. I mean, it's <laughs> just week to week you do not know what to expect from them. Yeah, like I saw the um I mean, they've, they've had games where I think where they've lost 6 nothing, And then like one of the games I covered was when they uh, beat the Galaxy 4-0. Um, and then I got to cover the Galaxy press conference afterwards, <laughs> which was like maybe the most funeral press conference that I have ever covered in my life. It was, oh my God. It, I just, I felt, I felt so bad like for everybody involved and to be there i mean it was just you know what you know what do you say what do you ask you know you just you you have your rivals that have just trounced you at home and you know, it's clear that your coach is on the way out and your big DP signing did not work out. And just, I mean, it it was just, it was just terrible and tragic, but I mean, San San Jose can do that to teams occasionally. And that's, I mean, that's the thing, like they're matched up against, you know, SKC in the first round. Like they could very well win that. Like, I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run maybe, even though they did a pretty deep MLS's back tournament run, but who knows? I mean, they're San Jose. That's <laughs> what they can do. They can do
0: anything. Yeah. And going back to the most surprising to not make the playoffs, I think if you'd have told someone at the beginning of the season that uh, the Galaxy and Atlanta United weren't going to make <laughs> the playoffs, that would have been kind of shocking. I think some of these other ones you could have, you could have believed, but those two have, have fallen pretty far.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, with Atlanta, I mean, you know, nobody knew that, you know, Joseph Martinez was going to do his ACL in like the first game of the season, but they absolutely fell apart after that. I mean, it just, it's, I mean, it was like just a spectacle. It was just, I feel really badly for Atlanta fans and just, you know, as, as an Atlanta fan, I feel badly for myself. You know, I was, I was really hoping that they would have a good season and that, you know, pity would work out and Barco would work out, but yeah, here we are. I mean, the galaxy, you know, I, I still thought was kind of flawed. I mean, they have some interesting pieces, but, you know, they they were built kind of weirdly. And I didn't think that like Chicharito coming in and replacing Zlatan was necessarily going to write them in the way that they needed to be written. But yeah, to see kind of just the the level of drop off that both they and Atlanta have had, yeah, it's, it's really, really strange.
1: Before we st- before we hit record, we were talking about the Western Conference and how wide open it is. And you just mentioned how San Jose, even though they're the eight seed, you know, stands a chance to win in the first round. Can you talk a little bit more about sort of the Western Conference and what's out there and, and what that might be like before we talk in- before we get into the East? Because I feel like it's a lot more interesting side of the bracket.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at this half of the bracket. So you've got FC Dallas, which I think is a dark horse to go to MLS Cup. I mean, I definitely think they've got the talent. They've got the speed. Uh, they've, they've got the coaching. I mean, I think Luigi Gonzalez is one of the best managers in MLS, period. Um, they're playing Portland, who won MLS's back tournament, who's got a veteran squad, um, a lot of upside, really good coach. I mean, And then on the other side of that, you've got the Sounders. Hello, the Sounders. They do pretty well in the postseason, um, playing LFC in the first round. So, you whoever emerges from that side of the bracket, you know, could could theoretically win everything.
0: Yeah, that's because so, I mean tough- the other
2: side. You've, yeah, the other side you've got, you know, you've got SKC, which is solid. Obviously, you know they've got the the number one seed through the playoffs. Um, they played a really weird snow game that I saw on Sunday. Um, then you've got San Jose that we talked about. They can do you know anything, and then and then Minnesota. You know is I mean they're they've got they've got some solid pieces. I mean they're you know um, they're a team that could could certainly. Uh, conceivably make a run and then you've got Colorado I don't I don't even know <laughs> I just, they, they they, yeah I mean San Jose is the enigma that I've kind of embraced and tried to understand and and Colorado is just kind of the enigma that's evaded me this season
0: I think Colorado I, I mean so they missed a lot of time due to positive COVID cases in the right. team and it kind of ended up being a blessing for them they've they've got a, a good rest there in the middle of the season and have come out doing and has done really well recently. And so um, I think like on paper, they don't necessarily look like the favorite team to win this thing, but they have the advantage of kind of being in their stride at the right time, which is, mm-hmm. uh, it's really important in a, in a playoff bracket like this. So, sure. but, and on that side of the bracket, really any of the West, I think San Jose is, would be the most surprising to go all the way to the final. But if you told me any of the rest of these seven teams were going to make the final, I would not be that surprised really.
2: I mean, if San Jose caught fire and like Wando got Wando goals and they man marked really well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the finals.
0: They just usually don't do that very many (laughs) games in a row. (laughs) But I mean, they yeah, MLS (laughs) back,
2: you know, and MLS is back. They, they did for a while until they didn't. So
0: yeah, that's true.
1: Well, this, this talk has me kind of depressed as an Austin fan um, and thinking about 2021, knowing that like, the conference is that deep. Um, how, how about the East? I mean, Philly, supporter Shield winners, home of Great Sandwiches, um, obviously the number one seed, but uh, you talk about who else is over there.
2: I mean, first off, I love Philly, and I would love to see Philly win this. I mean, obviously – you know, this is this is kind of Aaronson's last hurrah before he goes off to glory in Europe. Uh, Jim Curtin is an outstanding coach. Um, really great interview. Um, Ali Bedoya, obviously a fantastic veteran leader. Very outspoken. Um, I mean, he's been just like on top of it like all year, including like calling the um, calling the supporter shield people out <laughs> about uh, what was going on. So I would, I would love to see them win. But I mean, again, yeah, Toronto. I mean, Toronto was solid. They've had to go to... East Hartford for like the latter part of the season, but you know obviously they're still they're still really deep. They've got Pez, Pezuelo, they've got you know Josie Altador, they've got um, you know probable Canadian Io Akinola, um, just all these all these interesting pieces, and then and then you've got Columbus, you know which is. I mean, they've had a little bit of drop off in the latter part of the season, but they've still looked strong. Um, you have Orlando, which pains me to say. But, you know, Orlando is. I think is I think that might be team.
0: the toughest matchup in that first round is Orlando NYCFC. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun one to watch, just because yeah, both of sure. them have have uh, NYCFC more, most recently since Maxi Morales has come back from injury. Um, they've looked like them old like their old selves, and then Orlando has just been pretty solid over over those last little stretch as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that one looks like.
2: Yeah. I feel like, um, the, the semis in the East is going to be Philly Orlando and it's going to be a total war. I think that's going to be like maybe the most fun match of the tournament.
0: One upset that I'm going to be looking at. So we have the Eastern conference has more teams in the playoff than the Western conference does. And so they're doing play in (laughs) round. And so that's going to be Nashville and Miami is one side of it. And then new England and Montreal, uh, I th- I would pick Nashville to beat Miami in that one mm-hmm. and then for New England to beat Montreal. So if that were the case, then that would put uh, Nashville playing Toronto. And that that one looks like ripe for an upset to me, I mm-hmm. think, because yeah. Toronto is – I mean, they've been really good, but if um, – Nashville is so good defensively. And mm-hmm. Toronto, if you look at um, the goal differentials – it's it's not bad their goal differential is uh 7 goals i believe which isn't bad but if you look at um the other teams in that conference and how many goals they're scoring and i think Philadelphia's was like 24 or something like that so um it's I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me for nashville to shut them down and then s- steal a goal on a on a set piece or something and, exactly. and get through yeah. in the first round
2: yeah. You know, you, you look like you can score goals, you know, here and there throughout the season, Toronto, but how are you going to do against the tree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nashville, Miami. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's so fun that that's a first round matchup because I mean, that's, that's expansion bowl 2020 and it's a freaking playoff game. Like both, both expansion teams somehow, like how Miami managed to get I mean like DC basically fell on their face, like the final game. I mean, it was, it was theirs. And then I think they, they gave up like two goals in like the final six minutes to Montreal in their match to, to get out of the playoffs. But they, yeah, for a while there, like I, yeah, I covered, I covered the match where like DC looked like they were in shape and they, they got a goal. They won one, nothing against Columbus. I think it was. And um, yeah, they were all like, yeah, why not us? We can make the playoffs. We just fired our coach, but (laughs) we're here. Why not us? And then, and then by, by season's end, that didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do feel like Nashville's going to triumph against Miami. I mean, obviously, you know, Miami has like the sexier pieces, but I think Nashville's they, they struggle
0: different. scoring though. And it, yeah. I mean, even with all the, the talent they have, they still haven't been scoring very much. And if you can't score against regular, like any other team, you're not going to do it very well against Nashville usually.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I still think just arena's coaching and just the way that uh, New England's built, I think they'll, they'll get past Montreal even though like, you know, as much Thierry Henry as I can get in the playoffs, I will take.
0: <laughs> Mike that man up some more. That was great. Oh God, that, that was, a really oh good God, that was yeah. so, yeah. that was so good.
2: I mean, I love that man, obviously. I mean, that's, that's why, that's why I now have an Arsenal tattoo on my arm, but um, no backing out now. But yeah, that was just, that was, a, that was a joy to listen to. It was just, yes, that can, that confirmed every like questionable life decision regarding Arsenal that I have made. <laughs>
1: Do you well I wanted to go to that. Um so we did, we did <laughs> my questionable you know, life decisions. No, I I wanted to go to the uh uh Austin Soccer Foundation uh foot golf tournament and you know we saw like oh, yeah. Arsenal and Tottenham coming together in a moment of glory and beauty. I thought that was
2: absolutely yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um Andrew Urban and I teamed up to to you know do a round of foot golf. No, it was I mean you know it's maybe the last like public thing i will do now for months given the covid numbers and all that but no it was, i mean it was a really great opportunity to to get together and see folks that i had not seen in like way far too long. And yeah, it was, you know, I, I am, I am not the best football player. I might, I might be the worst football football player. Um, but I, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. It was, it was great. It was good to get out there. It's lovely weather as it can be this time of year and um, obviously a good cause. And yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, except for when we encountered something alive in the bushes <laughs> where our balls were. And like, yeah, like Andrew was questioning whether or not we should move the balls. Like, yeah, I don't want to be a hero today. We're going we're <laughs> we're we're
1: to move them. <laughs> well, we've we talked about the brackets a lot. Uh, so who, um, who do you guys see in the final? Seattle Toronto. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it really was, um, this really was an exercise. It's been a 20 minute <laughs> dive into how we got back to Seattle, Toronto.
2: Yeah, no, I think, I think Philly emerges out of the East. I mean, I just think it's been their season. I mean, to, to do what they did to win the shield uh, I thought was, was incredible. And they're just, they're so well coached and they're, they're such a fun team to watch. And if you're a neutral, like absolutely watch their playoff games. They're, they're a ton of fun. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here. And again, a lot of this just has to do with like how weird the West brackets are. Um, I'm going to take a flyer on Dallas. I'm going to say they they upset Portland in the first round and get LAFC and get a home match and and you know somehow LAFC's defense will let them down. I mean Dallas just has so much speed on the wings. Um, There's so much fun to watch and uh, they can score a lot of different ways. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm going to take a flyer. I'm probably wrong, but
0: you know
2: I don't care. Feels good. <laughs> Philly Dallas, bring it on. It'll be fun. And
0: for me on the the Western conference, I think my heart says, uh, sporting Kansas city. I I like Mm -hmm. watching that team play and I would like to see them make it to a final. Uh, but my head says either Seattle or Portland. I think I'm going to go with Seattle making it from the, the West and on the East. I think my head and my heart say the same thing, which is what Phil said is Philly. Um, it's, I think they're probably the best team, but also just, like from a narrative perspective, it's just the best story in in the league right now, I think. And so I I would really love to see them finish off this season with at least making the final. Maybe not. I don't, I I wouldn't care that much if they won it at that point, but I would like to at least see them make the final.
2: Oh, if they get there, they got to win. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Phil, I'm going to count you in. Um, Well, I would like to remind you first that Landon said we wouldn't taunt you if you were wrong after the fact, and I did not commit to that. So if oh yeah, you're totally. Gonna yeah, if it's not Philadelphia, Dallas, <laughs> I will taunt you a thousand percent. um so yeah. Who are you picking? Well, so you pick Philly out of that? Is that right? Is that your all the way? Yeah, I
2: think, I think I think Philly. I think Philly would pit would be Dallas in the final. Yeah,
0: I'm going to do the same thing. I'll pick Philly to win.
2: Like like two one, I would say.
0: I'm not going to pick a score. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, we all so like what if I'm totally prescient and riot in a month? Like, what
1: yeah. I, I won't mention it, I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't, I, remember, what happened. What he I don't said. remember, I don't remember what he said.
2: Yeah, yeah didn't he say like Minnesota and yeah. Toronto or something? Yeah, I think that's what he said.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm glad you guys came together in love and, and common understanding over
0: the Philadelphia absolutely. Union. It's uh, the, the city of brotherly love. We had to, of course. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Of course, uh, and the, the victory celebration will be at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, uh, which will be really <laughs> nice. It'll be a great place for the MLS Cup to go.
2: Oh, they got to take it there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe the Shield's going to be there. <laughs> Perfect. They have to. <laughs> and uh, to <laughs> Fantasy Island next door.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> take a tour of the whole block. It'll be great. <laughs>
0: All right. I, don't the that... whole block.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. So uh or we'll a bad be... place to end. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're here. So we might as well end it. Okay. Well, thanks so much again for joining us, Phil. We always have a blast talking to you and uh, we'll, we'll try to do it again soon.
2: Absolutely. Love y'all. Love to do it again.
0: We want to thank Phil West one more time for joining us. Um, Before we wrap up, we'd like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd also like to remind you to visit capitalcitysoccer.com where
1: Troy Bryant and Zach Mason bring you the latest in Austin FC news, including player rumors, sponsorship updates, and more. And Troy recently published an article called The Total Transportation Guide for Austin FC Match Day, um, which I thought was pretty interesting and started a little discussion on Facebook. Uh, about how people are getting there. So do you have your match day transit plan figured out, Landon?
0: I think so. I think the most likely ones for me don't necessarily exist yet. But um, in the near future, I think there will be a rapid bus line going from South Austin up to the stadium. Um, And then in a more distant future, probably a very distant future, I would be able to take a light rail from South Austin and make a transfer uh, in North Austin up to the stadium, but also Brock Williams and I have, and several other people have talked about meeting at his house, which is not far and riding our bikes over there. So, uh, any, any of those options, either a bus or by bike, I think will, will be my, my preferred options. Yeah, that sounds
1: kind of that, that cool. Yeah. I'm gonna, the red line is really close to our house. So I'd expect to take that down. You know, there won't be the station at, uh, McCallum right off the bat. So I'll just kind of have to see,
0: You'll still be able to get pretty close with the existing stops though.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Take the take the bus down, get somewhere close early. Have a stop at a brewery or two on the way down and then sort of make an all-day event out of it. It's my plan.
0: Yeah, of course. All right. Well, we will be back next week with some more Austin FC and MLS news. Until then, I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time.